0: I'm probably going to mispronounce a lot of names today. I practiced, (laughs) but I'll probably still do it. And so here it is. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ Ram, the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab, the father of Nashon. Nasham the father of Solomon, and Solomon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab. Can't wait for that one. Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, the king. David was the father, father of Solomon, by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, and Abijah, the father of Asaph, and Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jephoshaphat, the father of Joram, and Joram, father of Uzziah, who I would point out to you was the king under whom Amos was preaching. We need to connect these things together in our minds. Uzziah, the father of Jotham, and Jotham, the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh, the father of Amos, and Amos, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jehoiachin, Jehoahin, and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jechoniah and his father, Shiltiel, and Shiltiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abed, and Abed the father of Eliakim, Eliakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Achim, and Achim the father... Eliad, and Eliad the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar the father of Mathen, and Mathen the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations, from Abraham to David, were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation of Babylon, 14 generations. and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations Okay. Let's play a game. And I don't care which one you pick. I don't care if you pick your paternal or your maternal. Whichever one, whether it came from your father or your mother. What's your granddad's name? You got it in your head? What's your granddad's name? I know mine, on one side it was John, on the other side it was Winford, even though everybody called him Harold. And the crazy thing was, is he didn't even say Winford, he said Winiford. And I'm like, dude, if there's two pronunciations and you're a guy, pick Winford over (laughs) Winiford. What was his dad's name? You know your great-granddad's name? i got to be honest with you. I don't know my grandmother Williams' father's name. I know my grandfather Williams' father's name. It's easy. It was the same as his. It was John, (laughs) all right? I know both on my mom's side. What was their dad's name? Do you know? Do you know your great great grandfather's name? Yeah, Wing, I know you do, but that's different. Do you know his father's name? Before him, for 14 generations from the deportation, and 14 generations before that, to Abraham, to whom the promise came. The reason that they knew this was because they had been given a promise that was going to come through this line whereas you and I have a promise that comes to us directly by grace and because the grace that was going to come to us directly was ordained to come through this means they were told in Abraham how it would come, and they knew it was coming, and because they knew it was coming, they kept track. They didn't have to use Ancestry.com, they didn't have to go to the library to research it out while so much of Israel was going, looking at these golden calves, going, this o, this, o Israel, is thy Elohim that led you out of Egypt, while so many were fleeing, while so many were running away, there were some that were faithful. They knew what God said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. And so they kept track Because they were looking for something to occur that was new, that had been foretold from of old. Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 9. Behold, the former things have come to pass. New things I now declare, and before they spring forth, I tell you of them. The Lord was doing something new. And yet it was not new. This is a crazy concept. (laughs) And, and And I pray this morning that I don't sound like I'm talking in circles. Because that's not what I'm trying to do. But the fact of the matter is, is when you bring an eternal reality into a temporal world things get funky and there's just no way to get around that behold the former things have come to pass and new things i now declare before they spring forth i tell you of them man god told isaiah i'm doing something new and the new thing that I'm going to do is the very thing that I promised to Abraham generations before. Generations that you and I can't even make account of. Can you tell me who your 28th great-grandfather was? <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, if you do go on Ancestry.com, the reality is it may not be right. fog of history but there was no fog here and the reason there was no fog was because from the beginning they knew from Abraham the people of God and when I say they it was being manifest through the national corporate Israel but it wasn't about Israel. It was about his chosen. They knew that the future of humanity hung on the promise they had been given. So they kept track. There was something new he was going to do. And yet, this new thing was as far from being new as new could possibly be. In the list here is David the king and his son Solomon. In the book of Ecclesiastes, in chapter 1, so if you... You know, Ecclesiastes not real popular, right? If you, if you can find Proverbs, it's just to the right. Solomon, the wisest man other than Christ to ever live, wrote this. I want you to... Remember Isaiah Isaiah 42, Behold, former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. They're about to spring into being, and he's going to tell you about them. And yet, by the Holy Spirit, Solomon says this, What has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, See, this is new? It has been already in the ages before us. Why do you think it seems new? Here's why. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be done among those who come after. the nature of the children of men is temporal. And because of that, if we rely on our own experience, the things that we can observe, then we will be destined to live in a bubble that reaches back as many generations as the last generation that is alive can still remember. That's why I know my great-grandfather's name. is because my dad and my grandfather remembered him and could tell me about it. But I don't know any further back than that. And sure, I could go look it up. But it has no personal meaning to me. Such is the nature of temporal creatures. The thing is, is if salvation is going to come, then we must move from being temporal creatures to eternal creatures. And so here are the two truths Isaiah 42 and Ecclesiastes chapter 1. There's nothing new under the sun. What's going to be has already been, what is will be, and they won't remember. And yet, behold, I do something new. And before it springs, and if you look at the Hebrew, it it literally means to just explode. Before it springs into being, I declare it to you. These people had been holding on to a promise that God made to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Man, we, We go to... We go to Philadelphia or Washington, D.C. We look at all the old stuff at the founding of America. If you really want to get old, go to New Orleans, because it's older than all of it. And we go, look at this history. Man, that is nothing. In one verse in Matthew, we cover more time than this nation has ever even been populated. It was old. And it was new. And you go, man, how could that be? And the reason it can be is because God is perfect. And the work that he is doing is perfect. And we, being imperfect individuals have to have this explained to us the way that you explain the sunrise to a three-year-old. Speaking of, was anybody up before the sun came up this morning? Did you see the moon? Crazy deal. Full moon, low on the horizon, immediately before sunrise. That thing was glowing like it was on fire. Ne- I've never seen anything like it my whole life. Makes perfect sense, man. You've got, a, you got a, a direct angle sun that's not quite broke the horizon, so it's not drowning anything out, but it's catching all of the light, and it's right down low. Incredible. How is it? How is it that these things can be? They can be old and they can be new. How is it that you can get up in the morning and the moon is almost as bright as the sun that's about to come up? The reason it's possible is because we're finite and he is infinite. And he's doing things that our observation cannot correctly interpret of our own accord. And it requires him to tell us what is happening so that we can understand. And so it looks like this. In Isaiah chapter 48, in verse 3, the new and the old What has always been will always be, and yet there are new things that are about to spring forth that I'm going to declare to you. It started with Abraham. It came to David. It came to the deportation. And here is the Christ. Verse 3. The former things I declared of old. And they went out from my mouth, and I announced them. And then suddenly I did them, and they came to pass. Man, here's a creating God. One who decides what he's going to do. He speaks it, and it occurs. Now let's talk about men because I know that you are obstinate and your neck is an iron sinew and your forehead brass basically because you're dense (laughs) you're hard headed I mean literally that's what it means you're hard headed your head's like iron your forehead's like brass because I know this Now see, at that point in time, people want to get offended. Well, don't you think I'm intelligent enough to listen? Don't you think I'm smart enough to come along? Do you think I'm that hard-headed? The answer is, is God says yes, that's men. (laughs) Such is the nature of mankind. But here's the nature of God. Listen, you who are his people and you who he is calling to be his people. Listen to what he says next. Listen to what he says next. Because I know this, verse 4, Then verse 5, I declared them to you from of old. Before they came to pass, I announced them to you, lest you should say, my idol did them, my carved image and my metal image commanded them. You have heard. You've heard. So the Lord says, okay, Here's the deal. I speak things. I desire things. And when I desire them, I speak them. And when I speak them, they come to pass. The problem is, is that you children of Adam and Eve are too much iron-necked and brass-foreheaded to get it. So what I'm going to do in my goodness to you is declare them. I want to tell you, Because it would be nice if you had the observational skills to look around and figure it out on your own, but you don't. So I'm going to tell you what they are. I'm going to declare them to you. And then I'm going to do something even more than that. Because as we will see in the Sermon on the Mount, and it's a ways out... But as we will see, just telling you about these truths will not be sufficient to cause you to come to them. And I want to tell you today that your God is good enough to cause you to come. He is good enough to cause you to come. And in the depth of your heart, every one of you that are his already know this. You're here because of him. You're not here because a preacher gave a good enough sermon. You're not here because you were smart enough to make a good decision. Maybe the preacher preached a good sermon. Maybe you made a good decision, but that's not why. The reason you're here is because he was not satisfied to simply allow you to hear. He was going to do. Like, do you, you want to get like heavy theological about Isaiah right here? The context is a God who desires, speaks, and causes. Like, you want to get rough about it? I can do it. The context that cannot be denied is that this is a God who desires, speaks, and produces. And when men were obstinate, he told them what they could not see for themselves. And when hearing it, it did not produce the effect that he desired. Then he caused the effect himself. I declared to them from of old. Before they came to pass, I announced them to you. He has been, the entire scripture screams about the coming of Jesus Christ. Lest you should say, my idol did them. men today, we think to themselves, well, we don't have idols anymore. I mean, I've seen some in a museum. You know, you can go to the Museum of Antiquities in Israel and they've got hundreds of idols of Baal and Astra and even a couple of Molech, which are very unfortunate. And you can go see the same things in the Smithsonian or whatever. We don't have idols anymore. Oh, friends. We certainly do. Material wisdom. New science, the thoughts of the mind. So lest you should say that, and lest God should go to all of this trouble to desire, speak, create, inform, and then have you fail his purpose, Verse 6, you have heard, now see all of this. Don't just hear. Remember, this is a God who desires and speaks and causes, and so here is the speaking, the command that brings forth the reality that he desires. You've heard, now see. Now see all of this, and will you not declare it? We will declare it. We will declare it because he has ordained it. Matthew was declaring it. The guys that kept those records and knew that genealogy were keeping it because they were declaring it. They were expecting it. They had heard it. And as a matter of fact, as we'll see in just a second, they had actually already saw it. Because what's new is old. From this time forth, I announce to you new things hidden things that you have not known. What a precious thing. What a precious thing. Justin, I'm going to put you on the spot because I know you can take it. Did he tell you stuff you hadn't known? Yeah, he did. Yep, Kev? I remember when you were fighting it tooth and nail. Did he tell you things you hadn't known? We were ignorant. Every one of us. Some may still be. Man, if you are, I pray today is the day that your ignorance is extinguished. <laughs> we were ignorant and we, was, we were new to his revealing. And yet, to God, the thing that he was revealing was not new at all. Not even close. As a matter of fact, we, we titled this Old, New, and Perfect, and really old is its just the word I picked because the English fails. We, we don't have the word for what he was doing. I suppose we could throw eternal at it, but I think even that seems to fall short it's just the observation of a man trying to grasp a hold of the of the depth and the greatness of of God the cross does not exist and and when we say the cross I want to align that with the gospel okay so we say the cross, we say the gospel, we're talking about the same thing. We're, we're diving into the gospel of Matthew. This gospel does not exist because you were in trouble. You exist so the gospel could be seen. It's not a band aid. It's it's not a fix. It's not man I created man and and now we need the gospel because man blew it. No, man exists for the gospel. The gospel does not exist for man. We're not the point. He is the point. <laughs> we were ignorant. And so this thing is new to us. It's being revealed to us. But God was not. Ancient. Ancient grace. Therefore, let us not be obstinate. Let, it, let us not try to make this word of of Matthew, come to us on our terms. But instead, let us be open-eared. I got to tell you, I, there, there is a portion of me that dreads the Sermon on the Mount. And not simply because of the heavy lifting that is going to be required in study, which there will be much. but because it just devours the flesh. It just eats it. That's why I said pick up your cross. Come to me and die. Let us not be obstinate. Let us be open-eared in order that we may know the thing that God is been so gracious to declare to us from of old that we may not simply hear it, but that we may actually see it. So, years ago, not from the pulpit, but in a senior adult Sunday school class, To the shock of some, which will not really be a shock today because the Lord has brought us so far. But this little page, this one that's not inspired, that says New Testament, that somehow divides us from the Old Testament... That somehow in Western Christianity we have divided this thing as though this is a relic of the past. And Amos is interesting for intellectual study but not particularly applicable for the people of God today. This thing that divides... The book of Matthew from the book of Malachi needs to go. It's all Him. It's always been Him. He never changes. Oh, sure, it's new to us. Was that dramatic enough for you? Huh? Try not to do a lot of parlor tricks. (laughs) But the point needs to be made. It was him before it was us. It was him before it was the angels. It was him before the concept of spatial displacement existed. It was just always him. It's always going to be him. And he is doing good things for his people. He's doing good things for his people. He promised them thousands of years before. And they believed it. They believed it. They believed it so much that they all knew who their 28th great-grandfather was. They kept track. They were waiting to see. Because he told them when they heard they would. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. It came by promise, and it came by miracle. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. All of this occurred as Christ would inform us in hindsight. In John chapter 8, verse 56... Because your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. And he saw it and was glad. He saw it. Because what is new is actually old. As a matter of fact, it is ancient. It is eternal. It is timeless. And it is perfect. It's perfect. It's exactly right. It is just what you need. Oh, it may be hard. As a matter of fact, it's death. but it's exactly what we need. Exactly what we need. I don't know if this qualifies as dipping your toe in, but like I said, maybe we at least got our shoes off. Man. What has been will be. And the things with which we contend at this moment exist because what has been will be. will be successful in that contending because what has been will be the same God that ordains it is the one that supplies it and, that, and that's something that guys that's something that if I can be pastoral for just a moment that's something that the church in America has not known for a long time but is about to have to learn. Not that it needs to learn. It is going to, it is going to learn. And it's going to learn the difficult way, which is really how most good lessons are learned. The church in America is going to learn over the course of the next generation that the same God who ordains the difficulty is also the one that supplies the grace to be able to walk through it. It's new, it's old, it's perfect. It's exactly what it needs to be. Let's pray.